If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 454. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back in the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. B-R-I-O-N, McClanahan.com. Give me an email address while you're there. I'll give you a free ebook and a free audiobook. Great way for me to keep in touch. You get a free something out of it. And, of course, I use that email address to let you know what's going on with me and all the good stuff happening at BrianMcClanahan.com. I appreciate all your support. I appreciate you sharing this podcast on social media, telling everybody you listen to the show. That's very important. If you'll notice, there's a couple of changes to the podcast this week. I'm trying to do some things, shorten up this intro a little bit, so... But I do appreciate your support, and please do share this podcast around on social media. So we're going to leave the uh, leave the week with on a high note, right? How do we how do we change things? This is a think locally, act locally episode. That's the theme of the podcast. How do we change things? Well, the first three pieces this week, we're looking at the destructive left and all the things they're doing, whether it's economics, whether it's politics, whether it's social change. All these things that they're doing that are destroying, they're, they're just consuming. They're bulldozing everything. So how do we change all that? I get asked this question a lot. What do I do? People feel hopeless. But there is hope. There is hope on how to change these things. And I'll, I've got a friend that I grew up with. He's very active in local politics now. And he's making a difference. He's making an impact in his state, in his community, and, of course, the primary focus is all the COVID madness. In this particular area, they're still doing things there that are just absolute nonsense. And he's having an impact. He's building groups of people, coalitions of people that trust each other. There are certain things they can work together on to change some things, to make things better. A liberty-minded goal of getting rid of face masks and all this kind of stuff. Because we know these things don't really work. They didn't work in 2020 when they first started talking about this. I remember... When all this first happened, you know, I was going to the store without a mask on, and people were like, where's your mask? Where's your mask? This is when it first started, before all the mandates came out. And I remember I was standing in line behind a guy, and the cashier is at a grocery store. The cashier, this is right early on. And he was saying, you know, these masks, why, why in the heck are we wearing masks? These things don't work. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't work at all. It's never going to work. And the cashier, oh, well, but I, but I mean, she was trying to argue with the guy about it. He, she wasn't saying you should wear it, but just trying to have a conversation about it. And at the time, even, even Fauci, and my face masks don't matter. It's not going to work. It's not going to do anything. It wouldn't. It wouldn't do anything. We know this because a virus, a particle from saliva, is too small to be captured by a cloth face mask. We know all this is true. We've known it's true for a long time. This is why uh, they wear these big suits as virologists when they're dealing with these things, because any little particle, airborne particle, can make you sick. So none of this stuff has ever worked. So he's out there fighting the good fight on the local level, state and local level, trying to get this stuff done. 
This is why I say you always need to think locally and act locally. You have to be involved in your local politics. If you want to affect change, that's how you do it. Most people don't have a podcast or a way to reach people or a voice online. They simply just want to make things better, but yet they're good. They've got friends. They've got networks. They're there in their community. The kids go to school. They're in a job. They're doing things in their community. Maybe they're involved in some other kind of group, and they can talk to people. And by talking to people, you can affect change. Simply talking to people and making your point across in a very positive, articulate way about what we're doing that's incorrect. And one of the most powerful ways you can do this is your local school board. Now, if you listen to the show, maybe you're a homeschooler and you don't care about the local school board. Or maybe you send your kids to private school. The school board doesn't matter. But think about the vast majority of Americans that go to public school. Most Americans go to public school. They don't send their kids to private school. They don't homeschool. They don't do any of that. They send their kids to the public school. So think about the power that that school board has over your children on an everyday basis. And what the school board has, in many cases, is complete control over the curriculum, over the teachers, over the principals. They have control over all of this. They control the nonsense that goes on. Once, if, if something goes on in a school that's detrimental to the health and safety of their kids, which a lot of left-wing stuff is detrimental to the health and safety of their kids, well then, they could change all that by simply firing the superintendent or the principals or getting these people out of there or changing the curriculum. So you have a lot of influence. So there's a piece that Lou Rockwell ran last week, and I found it very interesting because it talks about a step-by-step way to win. The title of the piece is How to Run for School Board and Win Every Time. It's by Alan Stevo. Now, when you look at this list and what he says, it's not really about the school board. It's just about how to win a local election. And not just that. Think about, I'm going to say this, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez won in New York because she out-hustled her opponent. She had better people skills. She was better at people-ticking than her opponent. So she got out, and this is what she does. This is what she uses her social media for. She's people-ticking. And she's good at it. I mean, for all the things that Ocasio-Cortez is bad at, which is just about everything when it comes to anything intellectual, she's dumb as a board when it comes to real things. She's very good at people-ticking. So because she's good at people-ticking, because, you know, people like her, she's good at putting on a show, she's going to win elections. So how do you do, just scale that down? And, and in reality, I mean, in her congressional district, very few people even showed up to vote when she won the primary and then, of course, won the election. This is a small little cadre of people that she was able to persuade to go vote for her in the primary. Now, if she can do it, then you can do it too. And you can focus on things that are real, like the local school board. Ocasio-Cortez runs around all the time saying, we need to fix the New York subway system from Congress. Why does Alabama have to fix New York subway system? I've never ridden on it one time, and I never will. So why should I, be pay, why should I pay to fix it? Let people of New York fix it. Ocasio-Cortez brings up stuff all the time that should be done by the people of New York, and the people of New York City primarily, not by everywhere else. But this is, again, this is political puritanism. This is one-size-fits-all government. This is the urban-rural split. 
This is the things we've talked about this week and how this manifests itself. But you can block all this nonsense by simply getting involved in your local community. A hundred people at a local courthouse is a big rally. A hundred people in Washington, D.C. is nothing. It's nothing. So why do it? Why focus on it? When people tell me, I'm going to run for Senate, I'm going to run for House, why? Good luck, but why? You should be running for your school board. You should be running for your local county council, city council, or at the very most, your state government. This is where you should be focusing all of your attention. Politics is personal. And politics is getting into the dirt and the muck in your own community. That's what people should be doing. And if we did more of that, Joe Biden would become irrelevant. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would be irrelevant because these communities would be powerful enough to push back against the stupidity. You could have your own community where you just, look, we're not going to go along with all this nonsense that you've got going on here. We have our own way of doing things. That's what we're going to do. Now, of course, then you get lawsuits and everything else, and it becomes much harder. There are, there are certain layers to this that make things harder. Trust me, I know. But you got to have people willing to stand up, and of course, then you got to have judges who are smart enough to say, you know what, this is stupid. Juries and other things, this is stupid. But let's look at what Alan Stevo says about this. He says, if you're goof, uh, goofy enough to like face masks or COVID shots, please don't read this. This information is too effective, and we have enough goofy people in office already. If you're cowardly enough to even wear a face mask for any reason, please don't read this. This information is too effective and we have enough cowardly people in office already. Everyone else, please read on. This stuff really works. If you don't succeed at moving your school board or any other government body you're focused on after months of diligent work on key issues, following yesterday's writing on this topic, there's probably a defect in the system and it's time to change one of the cogs for a more responsive, finely milled, and well-oiled version. You. Right? So he's saying if you can't persuade your school board, then you got to run. Now, the first part of it, whatever. I mean, that I think those two paragraphs, those two sentences are going to turn off some people. Uh, but regardless, uh, what he's saying here is that you are the key to all of these things. So he gives you, there's like 33 steps in this. Okay, and I'm going to, 36 steps, excuse me. And I'm going to get to the end. I'm going to... I'm not going to read all of the parts he makes, all the points he makes in these different steps. But this is a step-by-step process on how to run for local office. First, learn the date. Learn when the local election is held for the school board. Second, double-check. Contact your county clerk's office and ask the same. Learn the rules. Find the requirements for running for the, from the county clerk's office. Often the clerks will have information packets for people looking to run for office. Read the packet. Keep coming back to it. It's a good way to make sure you follow all the rules. Confirm important details. Every important number, deadline, or detail that I read in packets like that, I always con- contact the county clerk's office to confirm. I like confirmation. I don't want a misprint or a policy update to cause me to miss out on an opportunity to help usher a bad person out of office. Some county clerks will have a lawyer in the office who handles election matters. As you become aware of this person and prove themselves valuable to you, theirs is a direct phone line you'll want to have. It is someone you should always feel comfortable turning to for more in-depth understanding of a process. And then make a platform. So you do all these things just before you even get started. Then you make your platform. Make a clear platform of core issues that you're running on. If I were running, I would say remove all one-size-fits-all health mandates from our schools. That would be my one key issue that I care about and that I would run on and activate others around. 
There are many other things you may disagree on, but if you and your supporters agree on a core set of issues, you are in good shape. Focus on your key issues. Don't get distracted. Lots of people want to distract you. Your thoughts on the latest war are not relevant. Your thoughts on the controversial sewer improvements are not relevant. Your political party preference and national politics is not relevant. This is relevant. Remove all one-size-fits-all mandates from our schools. Health mandates from our schools. So that's the relevant thing. Just focus. So basically, it's laser beam focus on your one issue for schools. Don't care about all national politics, all that stuff. You don't get involved in that. You always go back to this. It doesn't matter what you think about the other stuff. This is the important thing. Local politics is about single issues oftentimes, or maybe two or three issues, but that's what you have to do. And then activate your network. Get them out there helping you. If you don't know how to build a network of activists around you, read this, this, and this. He's got three links there. Using the techniques in these articles, you can build a network of activists around you that can win a school board seat or which could win a congressional seat, though I dare say it, a school board seat has off, often has more impact. Here you go. Alan Sebo agrees with me. The real day-to-day impact that one person can have on the lives of so many people is so powerful. And that's true. School board, county council, city council. Those are the things we should be doing to change America. And believe me, the left knows it too, which is why they're trying to do this stuff. It's why George Soros is pumping money into local elections. Because they realize that's really where they're going to make an impact. And your school board what your kids are learning in school, you can say my one issue is no critical race theory in my school. Zero. Keep that out. Or, uh, you know, the health mandates, or whatever you want it to be. You keep that stuff out. And there's going to be people that don't like you for whatever you say. But this is important stuff. No campaign manager needed, but you don't need a campaign manager for a school board run. You can handle that on your own. But even if it's not necessary to have a campaign manager with the right person, it makes the campaign so much easier and can have so have such powerful impact. This person can organize things and keep you doing the things you need to do as the candidate, and they need to handle the behind-the-scenes stuff. Is a long paragraph to get to that. Check with your mates. Talk to your candidates before you run. Driving your run and a- I'm sorry, during your run and after your run. Talk to your co- confidence. I'm sorry. Before you run, during your run, and after you run. Ch- talk to your people that are going to support you. No professionals needed. You don't need professionals either. Those who you know and have already fought in the trenches alongside will serve you so much better than more than 95% of hired guns. Surround yourself with people from your community and your life who want to achieve the same goals as you. Hired guns can rarely, can really be a distraction. Budget can't beat fury. Stay as low budget or as high budget as you want, but realize this. There's hardly no budget that can't defeat a well-organized grassroots campaign like this one that I'm in the process of describing to you. So the budget doesn't matter. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez didn't have a budget, but she had shoes and she walked and knocked on doors. And this is where he gets into this. Get a copy of the voter registration rolls. Get a copy of precinct maps. And then go knock on every door. Knock on every door of every voter in that district. This is the most important part of winning local office. I mean, real, I really mean every door of every voter in that district. You go to every door. Here's what I'm doing. You go knock on every one. You don't know who's going to be supporting you and who isn't. Leave a note. If they do not answer, leave them a letter asking for their vote, signed by you, welcoming them to contact you. Your campaign email address and your campaign cell phone number should be both included. 
You want to be contacted by people. An important reason to run is being good, bringing good people together in order to change the way the community around you is being run. These contacts matter so much. If you give contact information, yes, a few rascals might reach out, but so many more supporters or potential supporters will reach out. The rascals will help you build thicker skin. The supporters will help you win. IED supporters. Identify who your supporters are. Make a list. Very clearly ask them if they will vote for you. You want a clear yes or no. And then get contact information. And if they give it to you, give it to them. And then keep in touch with those people. Reach out to your supporters periodically. Keep them engaged. This can be as simple as a blank carbon copy email once or twice a week to your five supporters at the beginning that lets them know that you're progressing in some of your, in some of your goals. And it can grow to an email of 500, 5,000, or 50,000 supporters. Let them be part of even your little victories. Keep your supporters. And some of this is just how to build anything. It's how to build a network. you got to let people know you're there and that they're important. Keeping supporters engaged is an important part of leading. You have to keep people engaged, and you have to have an election day follow-through. Make sure your supporters come out for you on election day or by early voting. It is impossible to bother them too much about this until they have said that they voted for you. Keep contacting them to vote for it, to come vote for you. After they've said that, invite them to come volunteer on election day. The process of getting your supporters to go to the polling place and vote for you is often called GOTV, Get Out the Vote. It's one of the most more commonly known acronyms used by people in this process. This is what Stacey Abrams and the Democrats were able to do in, in, in Georgia. They got people out to vote. Because there are more people tick. Put poll watchers there to see to make sure nothing funny, no funny business is going on. Debrief volunteers daily. Let them know um, what went well, what didn't go well, what you would change. Read the election judge and poll worker manual. Have poll watchers in each polling place. Man the outside of polling places. Have Command Central. Get your victory party. These are all things that you have to do, but canvas the vote. Have a group of volunteers who will participate in the vote canvas after the election. Spend a day having having them trained on how to canvas and irregularities to watch out for. Get your election lawyer ready. But This part of it, and getting out there, and getting people engaged, and getting a network going, is one of the most important things you can do to win elections. It's think locally, act locally at its core. And it's how you win. It's how we turn this whole monster of the United States around. It's how we actually turn the Titanic before it hits the iceberg. And you're only going to do it in your local community. I, I, look, I've given up hope on the central authority. It's never going to change. I talk about central politics. But none of that's ever going to change. I mean, if people think that Joe Biden or Donald Trump or Kamala Harris or take your pick, Ron DeSantis in 2024, whoever it is, is going to change America. You're fooling yourself because I think as the first piece, the Michael Lynn piece pointed out, there's areas that you're never going to change. You're never going to change the deep state. You're never going to change intelligentsia. You're never going to change the the uh, Ivy League schools. But you can change what the kids are like before they go there through your school board. You can have policies that are gro- pro-growth policies or anti-growth policies or whatever the community wants in your own area that reflect the political culture of the people there. You can have those things. That's important to understand about local politics. These are things that are key issues. You can sweep around your own back door. You can keep face masks out of your school. 
you can keep critical race theory out of your school. You can keep those things out of your school. But if you're on the school board, you can do that. Some school boards have more power than others. But regardless, these are things that are important to do on a regular basis. Then he continues, conclusory remarks. Virtually anyone can win an election following this process. The most important from the list above are knock on every door, identify supporters, get email and phone numbers, and get them out to vote. The most important civics lesson from being a force multiplier is this. Use your list to stay involved. This process is not rocket science. Any good and diligent person who wants to win a seat from school board to state senate can do it this, uh, do it this way, and it sometimes even works for offices bigger than that. Local politics really matters. That has been shown resoundingly since the Ides of March 2020. Regardless of what happened in Washington, D.C. or on television, it was the sheriff, the district attorney, the school board, and the town council that had so much ability to stand up and make their community wonderful and free. Alternatively, they were also the ones who could choose to go along with a more sinister spirit of fear. And this is true. I mean, what we've seen out of the pandemic, the COVID pandemic, the government-created lockdowns and everything else, is that it's always been the states and the localities that allow you to live exactly how you want to live. If the sheriffs weren't going to enforce it, if businesses weren't going to do it, if local governments weren't going to get on board, then they weren't going to do it. We know that some states stayed virtually open or entirely open during the entire process. So all that took was people at the state and local level to say, you know, I'm not going to listen to the central authority here. We basically saw nullification in effect in Christy Noem's uh, Dakotas. We saw it. She said, I'm not locking down. I'm not shutting down. We're not doing any of that. We saw it in places like Florida, which didn't really lock down that much. We saw it in other states. It didn't really lock down that much. They didn't do it because the governor and the local areas decided they weren't going to do it. But we also saw it in places like California, New York, and some of the northeastern states. And We saw tremendous lockdowns and, and how it destroyed lives. We saw it. And that was the local authorities doing it. What, what the... What the COVID fiasco really showed is how important local politics still is. And I agree with that particular statement. I agree with Steve-O on that particular statement. Those who spread a spirit of fear through our communities after the eyes of March 2020 need to be replaced and never allowed to hold public office again. It's time for them to go. Through elections and through direct individual action, stop the face mask in your own lives and the lives of everyone around you. Do it quickly, easily, without conflict. Read his book on how to... Read Alan Stevo's To Learn How, his book. Get his newsletter. So this is lewrockwell.com. But I love the fact that here's Alan Stevo saying, you know what we need to do? We need to get involved in local politics. It really is the key to everything. It always has been. It's the key to everything. If we don't do that, we're missing the points. Why I've said at the beginning of this podcast, from the, from the time I launched it, think locally and act locally That is the way forward in America. We have to be doing that to change everything. We're not going to do it from the top down. I've been saying this now for five years. This podcast came out about five years ago. And uh, I've been saying it since the beginning. You got to think locally. You got to act locally to change things in America. And if you don't do that, you're missing a great opportunity. All right. 
Hope you enjoyed this week at the Brian McClanahan Show. If you want to catch me for a fifth podcast this week, head over to abbyvilleinstitute.org. I actually podcast there every Friday and Saturday, or Friday or Saturday. It depends on when you get it, but it's the fifth podcast of the week. So if you want me five days a week, just go to abbyvilleinstitute.org. I, sp- I talk about all things Southern there, but a little different kind of show, but still, I get into some of these things as well there. So it's a great podcast too, but I do appreciate you uh, hopping on here this week. Hope you enjoyed a little bit of the new format. I'm still tweaking some things, but you're going to see some changes moving forward. I'll see you next time. I'll see you next week on the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.